This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. There's a, a tremendous amount about the Holy Spirit in Scripture, from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And uh, I suppose as Pentecostals, we focus more on Acts 2, but really we saw this morning from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, uh, and, and everywhere in between, there is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person. He's a spirit, but he's got personality. Not a gas, not an ether, not something vague or nebulous, although we cannot see him. Uh, but we feel the effects of him in our lives. Ten times when Jesus mentioned the Holy Spirit, he used personal pronouns, he, him, himself, uh, to make us aware that he is a, a person. He is God, the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent with the Father and with the Son. Now, we believe that there is one God who reveals himself in three persons. Muslims would accuse Christians of believing in three gods, but we don't believe in three individual gods. We believe in one God manifested, revealed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Probably the best way to describe that is distinguishable yet indivisible, distinguishable, yet indivisible. And the Holy Spirit has got his own particular role and function within the Godhead to carry out, although there are overlappings. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, uh, we mentioned some of the things this morning. We mentioned, for instance, uh, his part in creation and his part particularly in the new creation. And so we're not going to go over that again, but uh, it's good for us to be reminded of that, that we're, we're looking at someone who is powerful and mighty, who's involved in the very creation of the whole universe, and uh, who has got immense power, omnipotent, complete omnipotence with the Father and with the Son. The Bible also tells us in John 14, 26, that he teaches. He is our teacher. Do you remember the disciples? Uh, Jesus taught them many things, but they so easily forgot them. He told them clearly again and again about his death and about his resurrection. But when it came time for his trial from that point onwards in the Garden of Gethsemane, then they scattered and they did not remember what he had told them. But however, when the Holy Spirit came in the day of Pentecost and thereafter, then all of that made sense. The Holy Spirit taught them, showed them, and made it clear to them, revealed to them all those things that had been taught to them. And so the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Now, there are teachers within the body of Christ, within the fivefold ministry, and that's wonderful. Thank God for that. But never forget that the Holy Spirit is your main teacher. And right there in your home, with your open Bible, the Holy Spirit can teach you, 
and show you and reveal to you. And that's wonderful. Thank God that he is our teacher because we need to be taught, don't we? And we so easily forget. And sometimes he has to remind us again and again. You know, when you think of Peter in his, in his epistles uh, where he says, uh, I remind you, I remind you, because he was conscious that as believers, uh, as he was, we keep forgetting. And so thank God we have a wonderful teacher, the author of this tremendous book. No one knows it better than the author of it. And so he's the one who can teach us. Uh, also, a tremendous part of his ministry is uh, to glorify Christ. In John chapter 16, verse 14, he, he glorifies Christ. Uh, he's the one who, through us, who lifts up Christ, uh, who puts Christ on exhibition on show to reveal to men who Christ is. And the Holy Spirit loves to do that. He loves to lift up the Son of God. And that's a big, big part of his ministry on earth today. It's the Holy Spirit working through the body of Christ that lifts up Christ. And Christ says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And in John 16, he guides us into all truth. We need to know truth. We need to understand truth. The world is full of lies because Satan, who's the God of this world, was a liar from the beginning, Jesus said. Right. We talk much today about fake news, uh, where particular uh, programs, uh, where broadcasters is, is broadcasting just lies, made-up stuff. Of course, they've done that forever, but it's now becoming much more obvious and blatant. And so there's, there's lots of lies and philosophies and ideas and, and religions and all the rest of it. So we need to know truth. We need to know right from wrong, not just morally, but we need to know right from wrong spiritually. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us into, he loves to take us and guide us into truth. And, and what a joy it is when you discover truth, when you're able to say that is the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. No matter what the media is saying, what the politicians are saying, no matter what philosophers are, philosophers are saying, no matter what, this is the truth. Hallelujah. And when the Holy Spirit drops that truth into you, hold on to that. Because that never changes. The truth of God never, ever changes. Ideas change, philosophies change, religions change. Politicians certainly change, usually but they are. But... The truth of God never changes. And it's the Holy Spirit who loves to guide us into all truth. Romans 8, 14, he leads us. Those are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now, sometimes we're conscious of that leading. Sometimes we're, we're very aware that the Holy Spirit has led us to do something or be somewhere or have something or whatever. But lots of times, it's an unconscious leading. Steps of a good man or good woman are ordered by the Lord. And, and if we're following the Lord with all of our heart, then we can trust the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into what God wants for our lives. <laughs> and so, he's the one who leads us. 
And so if we're not sure what way to go or how to go about it, we, we pray a, a, a prayer and say, Holy Spirit, lead me, show me, guide me. I'm not sure about this, but I need your wisdom and how to do this or what to do, whatever. And he loves to lead us and to guide us into all truth. In Romans 8, 26, the Holy Spirit makes intercession. And he prays through us. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Holy Spirit, with groanings that cannot be uttered, knows what is the mind of God and helps us to pray in a way, and particularly praying in heavenly languages. You know, it's part of the reasons why, reason why God gives us the ability to speak in other tongues. Because whenever we pray and we come to the place where we don't know what to pray or how to pray about this, often if we begin to pray in the heavenly language, then it, it becomes clear and then we begin to pray in English and we start praying as we ought to pray. And so it's a gift of God. It's, it's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit wants to help us. The Holy Spirit bears witness. Bears witness. It is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. We, as believers, we talk about having a witness. In other words, having that gut feeling that this is true or it's real or it's genuine. And it's the Holy Spirit who can get us to come to that place, to that conclusion. The Holy Spirit is mighty. The Holy Spirit is tremendous. The Holy Spirit is our great advocate on earth. He's the one who has come to us, alongside, in us, to guide us and to help us and to bear witness. The Holy Spirit is the one who imparts spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And just that last bit, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, somebody could physically mouth those words, but for it to be real, and they truly mean that, they can't do that genuinely, authentically, except by the Holy Spirit. And whenever you and I get born again of the Spirit of God, then for the first time, we could say, Jesus Christ is Lord. We could have physically said that with our lips before, but it meant nothing. Nothing to us, nothing to God. But once you're saved, born of the Spirit, then Jesus Christ truly is Lord. And we can say that uh, in, in a meaningful way and delight in saying that and make that real. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, what it should do, and I haven't done it long enough to, what it should do is take that particular portion of Scripture some of these weeks and explain what that means, those individual gifts, and, and how they work together, and how they happen. But notice it's the Holy Spirit who distributes these one individually as he wills. Not as we will, but as he wills. And whenever we talk about that, we'll, we'll mention that again, because I think that the Holy Spirit knows our personalities and knows our level of faith and all the rest of it. So he knows what gift to give what person. We may ask for certain gifts. We may not get what we ask for because he gives as he wills. And so the Holy Spirit is very much a part of our individual Christian lives, much more than probably we give him credit for. Holy Spirit calls men into ministry. When I say men, I mean the generic term, I mean man and woman. Calls men into ministry. Prayer meeting going on in Acts 13. Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereon I have called them. The Holy Spirit spoke through a prophetic word to separate those two men into the ministry. Everybody that's called into ministry is a calling that the Holy Spirit gives us the enablement and the ability to be able to do. Now, we recognize people's calling. And if somebody particularly is coming into what we call full-time ministry, then there would be a service of ordination, of laying on of hands, of praying, and, and asking God's blessing and wisdom and so forth on that individual. But we're only recognizing what God has already done through the Spirit. They've already been called, and we're just recognizing that call. We don't give the call. It's not our call to give. It's God's call to give, and He gives that through the Spirit. But we recognize that. And so, when we're called of God, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And there is the fivefold ministry for a start. And, uh, and, and there's, there's, there's lots that he is involved in, that, that he does and gives us the ability to do. We could not effectively do what we do except through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit imparts fruit as well as gifts, fruit. Ninefold gifts, ninefold fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Each and every one of those is the fruit of the Spirit. 
comes from the Holy Spirit to our recreated spirit. Whenever you have great patience with something or someone, that's the fruit of the Spirit. When you're able to persevere and you're long-suffering, that's the fruit of the Spirit. When you're able to love when it doesn't seem natural or human to actually love that person, that's the Holy Spirit. Remember what I told you about Corrie Ten Boom, the time that she was preaching in a church in America, and how that being a survivor of the Holocaust and seeing her family wiped out and taught that God showed her how to forgive. And she was preaching this church in America one night, and after she had finished, as she got off the platform, she saw a man walking towards her, and she instantly recognized him as a guard, as a Nazi guard from Ravensbrück. And he came right up to her, and he says, Sister Ten Boom, you don't know me, but she did know him. She says, I was a guard at Ravensbrück, but I'm a believer today. I'm saved, and God has forgiven me. Can you forgive me? And she says she couldn't. She says she put her hands behind her back. She thought she was able to forgive. She thought she was by all of that. But when she was faced with it right before her, she couldn't do it. She says, in the natural, I couldn't do it. But she says, I quickly prayed, oh God, please help me. And she says, suddenly, the love of God was spread abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. And she says, then I reached out my hand and says, I forgive you too. <laughs> but she says, it was the Holy Spirit did that. She says, there was nothing in me wanted to do it. I couldn't do it. But she says, the Holy Spirit gave me the love of my heart for that man. The Holy Spirit is the comforter the paraclete, the one called alongside to help, the advocate. When you go to a court of law, you need a good advocate. You need a good defense. You need somebody who's on your side, somebody who believes in you, somebody who will fight your case. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. When the enemy, the arch accuser of the brethren comes, we have an advocate on earth, the Holy Spirit. Yes, we have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of the Father who ever lives to make intercession for us. Huh. But it's the Holy Spirit on earth who's our advocate. And so he can, he can help us. When the accuser of the brethren comes, the Holy Spirit's the one who can advocate for us. Ephesians 3, 16, he strengthens the inner man. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. He prayed for strength for them, that you may be strengthened by the Spirit in the inner man. Sometimes our inner man feels weak. When you're going through stuff and there seems to be no end to it, Sometimes our inner man, as well as our outer man, but our inner man gets weak and we get tired in the battle. 
And that's when the Holy Spirit can give us the added strength, the added grace that we need. When we feel it, say, Lord, I cannot handle this. It's too much. Then say, Holy Spirit, strengthen me on the inside. I don't know how that works. <laughs> don't ask me for I don't know. It's supernatural. I don't know how God gives us the peace that passes all human understanding. I don't know how that works either. But it happens, and it does work. And so the Holy Spirit can come and just give you that extra strength that you need for the battle to get you through to the other side. The Holy Spirit gives us power to witness. See, another great facet of his ministry is to help us to witness for Christ. He wants to lift up Christ, and he helps us to do that. In Romans 1 and 8, you shall receive power, dunamis, might, dynamic, dynamism, dynamo. All those words come from that. Self-generating power by the Holy Spirit within us. John 1, 12, but as many as received him to them he gave power. Only this time it's exousia, which means he has given us the legal right to become the sons of God. We have a legal, heavenly legal right to say, I am a child of God. <laughs> no matter what the devil says, no matter what people say, we have the right, the authority, it means, to say, I am a child of God. So if exousia is right, then dunamis is might. Christ gave us the right to become his children, and the Holy Spirit gives us the might to live like his children. Christ gives us the authority, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability. Christ appoints, the Holy Spirit anoints. And so the moment you become a child of God, not only have you Jesus at the right hand of the Father praying for you, but you've got the Holy Spirit in you, giving you the power to live as a believer, an effective believer, a good witness for Christ. Acts 4.31, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. These are the same people who ran and hid, who were frightened, who did not stand with Jesus. And yet here are the same people who are speaking the word of God with tremendous boldness, fearlessness. How did that happen? The Holy Spirit. Jesus wasn't there then. He was back to the Father. But he says, I'll send my Holy Spirit and he gave them this power. Acts 32, 432, I should say. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Acts 17 and 6. These are they who have turned the world upside down, and they have come here. <laughs> That's some reputation, isn't it? We're a long way from that reputation, isn't it? And already turned Meyer upside down, never mind the world upside down. 
Believers can hardly drag themselves out to church on a Sunday night and they tell me they want revival. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> don't believe it. Don't believe it for one second. But these apostles turned their world upside down. Boy, wouldn't it be wonderful to be in that place where we were turning Moira upside down. And I don't mean just us, I mean all of the churches in this area. Hmm. He's the author of Scripture. We mentioned that. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Inspiration, the Latin word is inspiro. Breathe, God breathe. The Greek word is theonustus. Eustus is where we get pneumatic from. Pneumatic tire is a tire with air in it, isn't it? Pneumatic drill works by air. Theo's God. God breathed. And just the way God, in a sense, in the day of Pentecost, in a sense, breathed when it was a mighty rushing wind into those disciples and brought life to them. So God breathes into this book and makes it alive. It's God breathed. Peter says, men of old moved by the Holy Ghost spoke. And so you've got in your hands, in a sense, a living book. Jesus breathed into men the breath of life. Holy Spirit blew upon them. And we have got a book that's God breathed. It's a living book. Anything with breath is alive, isn't it? So this book is alive. And that is why you could read it for a hundred years. And you could sit someday reading it and suddenly something jumps out at you. A rhema word, a now word. God has something to say to you right now about some situation or a promise because it's a living thing. It's God breathed and it's the Holy Spirit. And so thank God for his word tonight. Holy Spirit, because he's a person he can be grieved. He can be insulted. I'll not give you all these scriptures. He can be lied to. Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira, why did you lie to the Holy Ghost? You're not lying to me. You're lying to the Spirit of God. And they fell down dead. A church would be a scary place if that happened, wouldn't it? Be more careful with what we say. <laughs> hmm. It can be blasphemed. Dangerous thing to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. He can be resisted. Stephen, that is kangaroo court trial, sent to those who were accusing him. He says, You always resist the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like your forefathers killed the prophets and resisted the Holy Spirit. He can be tested. He can be vexed. He can be quenched. 
he can be quenched. Isn't it interesting that one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is a dove? I know symbols fire, wind, and oil, but a dove is a very gentle bird. It's a gentle bird. If you don't treat a dove right, it moves off, flies away. And so the Holy Spirit can be mighty and powerful, can be very gentle. So we don't want to quench him or offend him or displease him. Some of his essential attributes called God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is eternal. Hebrews 9.14, the eternal spirit. Holy Spirit is omnipotent, all-powerful. Whenever Mary, when the angel said, you're going to become pregnant. If I paraphrase, you're going to become pregnant with the Son of God. How can this be? I know not a man. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And that which will be born of you will be the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. What power to cause that to happen? The Holy Spirit is omniscient, all-knowing. John 14, John 16, 1 Corinthians 2.10, all these scriptures. He sees, he knows, nothing can be hid from his sight. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's everywhere present. Psalm 139, Psalmist says, where can I go from your presence? <laughs> if I make my bed in hell, you're there. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. The highest heaven, the lowest hell, anywhere. I can't get away from your presence. He's everywhere present. The best of all, he's present in our lives. <laughs> he's the life source Romans 8 and 2. That's why we're born again from above, born again of the Spirit in John 3. He is the life force of our spiritual rebirth. He's the one who did it. Jesus on the cross made the way for it to happen, paid the price for it to happen, but the Holy Spirit is the one who's the agent of the new birth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of love. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of holiness. He's the Holy Spirit. So that which is unholy, he does not like. <laughs> because he's the Holy Spirit. So we must live our lives in a holy way. I don't mean that we dress in black and run about with a big, long, sad face on, because that's false. But our thoughts and our deeds and our actions to be holy, 
Yeah, we fail at that. Thank God for his forgiveness. But the Holy Spirit can help us to live a holy life. Jesus was the most holy man that ever walked the face of the earth. And he was the happiest man. <laughs> he really was. He didn't go about with a big scowling face on him. Yes, there was times he was angry and righteously so because of what was happening in the temple and the, the scribes and the Pharisees. But he didn't go about with a great big glowering scowly face because the little children were gravitating towards him. I reckon he must have been smiling. You know, if a child's coming towards you and you have a big scowly face on it, it's not long to turn tail. But if you've got a smile and you've got open arms. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of knowledge. He's the spirit of grace. He's the spirit of adoption. Ah. Adopts us into the family of God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's a word that's used to this day in the Middle East. Abba is your dad. Abba, Father. How intimate is that? And that's what the Holy Spirit, he adopts us, places us. It's a son placing into the family of God whereby you know that God is your father and you can dress him as Abba Father. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of promise. Ephesians 1, 13, 14, the spirit of promise. Not only is he the promised Holy Spirit, and he was, but he's the spirit of promise. All the promises of God are yes and amen in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's the Holy Spirit who makes them come real and come true because he is our advocate on earth. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is in you, right within you tonight. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of power. But God has not given us the spirit of faith, or fear, I should say, but of power and love and a sound mind. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, there's, there's much, much more, but I think you get the, you get the picture tonight. The Holy Spirit, far greater, far bigger, more powerful, yeah. wiser than ever we can imagine. And if we think for one moment, and we don't think about it enough, if we think for one moment, this mighty Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, actually lives in us. And every one of us that's born again. <coughs> How can we fail? How can we fail if we trust and believe that the Holy Spirit is in us? 
all of that power, all of that wisdom, all of that might, all of that knowledge, all of that love, all of that grace, all of that everything in him is in us tonight. Isn't the Holy Spirit wonderful? And he lifts up Jesus and makes Jesus real to us and to others. And whenever we're talking to others about Jesus, then if we just quickly and silently say, Holy Spirit, help me to make Jesus real to this person. Then you never know what might happen. You never know what might happen. Suddenly their eyes can be opened and they can see for the first time Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that whenever you left this earth to go back to the glory, to be at the right hand of your Father, you made the promise to those disciples that they would be endued with power from on high, that the Holy Spirit would come, that you would send him Unless you would go away, he would not come. But if you go away, then he would come. And he did come. And he's been here ever since. So we thank you not only for the gift of life and salvation that you gave us, but for the Holy Spirit that you sent to live inside us. So we are not alone to battle through this life as believers. We have got the one inside us who is mighty and powerful and all-knowing. And we thank you for his ministry. So Lord, I pray that as we enter into another week, that this week we will sense your spirit with us. That we will be those who will be able to cause others to see Jesus. Lord, we don't know who we're going to meet this week anybody, anywhere, anytime this week. But if we do, help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to reveal something of Christ to that person that will make them think of the Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for taking up our bodies as your temple. Thank you that you have come to live in us, to dwell in us. And you will do that until we go to the glory. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the ability you have to guide us and lead us. Thank you that you give us strength in the inner man, the inner woman. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your ministry. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.